All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow tech enthusiasts. I am Sam Bushman, Jay Harrison with me, and we're talking tech as always on your radio, NPITechGuys.com for the podcast site, the news site, and more. Brought to you by Network Providers Incorporated, NetworkProvidersInc.com. If you want business support for your company, Outsourced IT is the solution today. You get a whole team of incredible consultants and experts at your fingertips. NetworkProvidersInc.com and NPITechGuys.com. Man, Jay, we've got a lot to talk about now. There's a bunch of very interesting stories. The first one has to do with your TV. Walmart announced that it will purchase, quote, smart television maker Vizio and its operating system. So not only is it, you know, your hardware, your TVs, you know, the branding there, uh, but also the operating system for $2.3 billion. Wow. Uh, That's a chunk of change for sure, but um, it's the operating system. So it's going to be more than just TVs. The OS is designed for all kinds of devices and, and, and unique things. But Walmart owning that is very interesting indeed, Jay. Yeah, you know what they're going to do is they're going to make it where you can shop Walmart.com on your TV. Oh, yeah. They're going to so make that into a channel. That would be my prediction. My computer and my cell phone out. I can just basically click and tap and... Before you know it, I got my order together, and then yeah. Plus, your TV can deliver it, or they can schedule a pickup. Right, your TV can watch what you watch and suggest things for you, like you know you're watching whatever the Grateful or the Grateful the the Walking Dead, and you see Pepsi or whatever in there, or or a, a Camaro. You know, the next thing you know, you can just go right to those ads. Either they'll facilitate an ad like say, to Chevrolet, or they'll have it right in Walmart.com, and you can pick it up, you know, at the store or have it shipped directly to you. They'll even get so good to where if you see something on the screen in a TV show, you can click on it, and it'll be added to your cart, Jay. Yeah. I think it's a smart move on on Walmart's part. Am I excited about it? Is that what you said? Yes, sir. Uh, Am I excited about it? I don't know. I I think that Vizio has been a pretty good brand. Um, It's certainly been one of their cheaper and more um, economical brands as far as you get a lot of bang for your buck. I hope they don't kind of mess that up or anything. Um, I do think that they are hoping to leverage that into other things, both into their own streaming platforms. Um, You know, they were doing, I don't know if it was Voodoo, but they were doing um, their own kind of like rental slash video purchase kind of service for a while. You know, I think they're going to do that. Walmart has a big platform and and, uh, just like Amazon has their own, you know, brands were in like the... uh, I don't even remember the name of their brand, Amazon Recommended or whatever, um, their house brand. I think Walmart wants to do the same thing. And and Walmart moves a lot of TVs, probably more than Best Buy or anybody else. So why not have your own brand? All right. I don't – I will say this. I think it's a wise move by Walmart to do this because I think they have every advantage in turning it into their, their device. The concern that I have with the ecosystems they're building, Jay – uh, is what they'll do with it. When do they cross the line and spy on me? When do they cross the line and adapt things too much marketing-wise to my life? When do they become kind of a problem and get in the way versus when are they just being helpful? And that's kind of the idea. It's like, oh, it's really helpful to just add this to your cart. Or, hey, if I see um, they're having dinner on TV, a romantic dinner for a Hallmark movie, and wow, you know, will there be a button where it'll be like, hey, if you want to have this dinner, click here. We'll add everything to your cart you need for this incredible dinner. It's only 196 bucks, but it's, you know, how far are they going to take this? And, and my response is, I think they'll go as far as society will. As far as they can. Yeah. Uh, and the problem is, 
um, with you and everyone else is that line is different. You know, that line where that line sits for you is different from where it sits for me. And they're just going to push it as far as they can until they get pushed back on it. And that's what you'll see. All right. Anyway, there you have it. I just I don't know how to feel about this. I think it's wise uh, for them to do it. I agree with that point um, from a business point of view, right. from a, hey, we're going to make more money if we do this. I'm just telling you right now, we have got to really get ahead of these discussions on tech and decide for ourselves what's gone too far and not and set parameters around that as a society of what we're comfortable with, not just let them continue to create new categories for us to love. I'll give you an example. These watches, Apple watches, you know, everybody was like, nah, they're too expensive. I don't want one. And then people got them, and then they started to have more and more uses, and then they started building in uh, medical support and capabilities. And before you know it, it's like, man, I can't live my life without a watch. Yeah. Same thing with a cell phone. I can't live my life without this smartphone, and now it's my navigation device, and it's my this, and it's my that, and it's my banking device. And I mean, I have people that don't even go on computers hardly anymore, Jay. I know it. I know a lot of people who don't even own a computer. When I'm talking about a computer, I mean a laptop or a desktop. Um, they do everything on their cell phone. That's the only device that they interact with. It's their portal to the rest of the world as far as cybernetically or cybertronically and i i don't know about that so I, I, anyway my point is and the reason we bring this up is because hey it's great walmart announced they will purchase smart television maker vizio and its os i can I, have real incredible options i think that walmart very will be careful it's going to go too far i think walmart's biggest um, most profitable thing to do with that once they do that they keep everything the same and just put a, a channel on there where people can buy and surf Walmart like like the old web TV. You know, you, they can even make an app specifically for that in the operating system. But if they can get that in front of people, that that'll pay for the whole thing. I mean, they'll they'll make those billions back in a couple of years easy. In other words, take the the Vizio, keep the OS, keep the TVs, keep them just the same, but create your own channel. Oh, that's that just then you could add to the desktop. You know, in other words, you can yeah. download apps on your smart TV, add it to your desktop, and it's the Walmart app on there. And then you can intentionally shop when you want to, but when you don't want to, it's a regular TV. No spying, no this, no that, uh, and, and make it to where it's it's helpful, not a hindrance. In other and words, you want tech to serve you, not own you, and that's the sweet spot, right? And that's just where you start. And the other thing that they'll be able to do, and I don't, I I imagine they'll do this. I don't know that they will or anything. It's not like I have any inside information. But a lot of companies are capitalizing on the screensaver. So just imagine uh, when when you're not using your TV or you're, it's just sitting there idle, all of a sudden, you know, you have ads for the latest whatever recliner that Walmart has or the, you know, bedding suite that they have or whatever. You, they just bop up ads on there. Um, in, you know, subtle, subdued. Now, I don't mean like television commercials. I mean like slides kind of. Um, you, you see this with Netflix now. If you sit on Netflix and you and you it becomes idle for too long, it's just slowly playing very subtle ads for all of its different content and shows that are up there. And I think that a, a TV uh, or a, a retail giant like Walmart could capitalize on that. And that's just where you start, man. I could, I, you know, that's they just could, shoot from but the hip. In my, in my mind, that's going too far though. When you turn my screensaver into real estate now in my house on my TV. That you're continuing to push things to me. At some point, you get Maybe. overload, you get creep, and you get yeah. But uh, you know they might do it, but it's problematic, Jay. Think about this: Amazon did it with the Kindle, and if you can buy, let's say you can buy a 4K, you know, 60 inch TV. 
for a hundred bucks and everybody else is spending, you know, a baseline $500 or something for that. Um, and you sell it, you know, you'd be forthright. Hey, this comes with ads on the TV, just like the Kindle sold. You can buy a more expensive version. It doesn't have ads on it. Or you can buy the subsidized version that has ads on it. I think they can. And get I can't that done. afford the expensive one that I, I guess I got to do this. And yeah. that's how it's going to happen. I'm just warning you folks. We need to let tech serve us, not own us. It's, it'll be it's a, on the border of owning us. It'll be a billboard in your living room. Just watch and see. <laughs> I'm just telling you, yikes for that. Security, Jay. Most people think they understand it. They got it. They don't. That's right. There's a lot of things about cybersecurity, and this coming from uh, NPI. Um, they have a, a new article up. Um, if you're not subscribed to their newsletter, go to NPI Tech Guys, and you can follow the links from there and get to Network Providers, Inc. In cor- or Network Provided, Inc., let me start over, NetworkProvidersInc.com, and sign up for their newsletter. Um, one of the interesting articles they recently released was 10 Things Every Business Owner Should Know About Cybersecurity. And number one starts out, it's a bullet point of 10 things, kind of an, uh, a listicle. It is, no business is too small. Hackers love small business owners who think this way because it makes them an easy target. If you have money or data of any size or any amount, you're at risk. And the takeaway there is to protect your business and consult with cybersecurity experts on what you need. Networkprovidersinc.com for more on that. But I will say this. The reason that no business is too small, it isn't the pay dirt necessarily how big or small your business is. The pay dirt is in your customer list, Jay. If you're a small business with a very unique product or service or something that's um, – well, number one, you're eventually a target for a big company to buy because big companies don't innovate like small companies do. But it's that customer list uh, that right. they can gain that backs them into all kinds of other businesses. Uh, so don't think you're too small because it's your customer list. It's the size of that whole uh, you plus the list that matters. And not only that, if they can approach your customer from a position of trust impersonating you, um, that will get them a long way as far as rather than just spamming you from some unknown site, you know, if they get in their hooks into you and they can approach your customers and um, you know, that could cause all kinds of problems. Naivety worked for a time back in the early days of it, but it no longer works. Jay. Don't be the low hanging fruit. <laughs> Amen. Number two, number two is employees are putting you at risk. They are not likely doing it on purpose, but human error is the number one issue with cybercrime. Whether it's a bad link that's clicked or a malicious attachment that's downloaded, these small accidents can create huge problems for your business. And the takeaway there is invest some of your budget into cybersecurity training for your team. Training is critical. So people can be the worst link and cause the problems, or they can be the greatest strength if properly trained. It's important to remember, too, that, you know what, a lot of times it's pretexting. Somebody smart will call you and ask for this and that, and you give away something that you think is innocuous. It's a little piece of information, and it is unless they've got the other two or three or four pieces of the puzzle, and pretty soon you've filled in the final blank. So beware of that, too. That's right. Number three is software needs to be updated when you're notified about it. This is true for your web browsers, too. If you get a notification that an update's available, it often means that there's a bug or vulnerability that needs to be patched. If you don't patch it right away, that's a little hole in your network that hackers can and will find. And so the takeaway is have your IT team run automatic updates and always manually update when you're prompted. And have your IT team keep an eye on. To me, a lot of times what I spend some of my time doing is just confirming if things are up to date, just checking on things and reviewing reports to make sure things have been done as they're supposed to be and that kind of stuff. That you cannot let go either. That's right. Point number four is back up your data. Disasters happen, whether they're natural, like a flood or a tornado wiping out your office, or a cyber criminal using ransomware to lock down your network. 
have a backup will allow you to reduce downtime and to further mitigate damages to your business. You need an offsite backup. You need to test regularly and ensure that it works. And there's multiple kind of backups, too, that I don't think people really understand, Jay. There's backup, which means we're going to back up a list of files, uh, and we can restore each file individually. There's also what are called image backups, which lets me restore the whole thing just as it was. Uh, and there's valuable uh, points to each kind of backup. The best scenario is to have both. That's right. You want to have a, an incremental backup, but you do need that full image backup um, at some kind of regularity because when if something gets nuked sometimes and it's, and it's a disaster, you just need to go full-on rollback to the, a full image. Not only is it um, more holistic that way, but it's faster. I mean, to restore an image, believe it or not, with the right systems is incredibly fast, surprisingly fast. Yeah, and not only so that. If you're going to do any big changes to your system, do the image backup, do the change. If it goes bad, press a button and back, and restore real quick. Sometimes problems can be hidden so well um, when they're masquerading as a legitimate file or whatever. You don't know where the problem is, and that's sometimes when you have to go back to a complete image backup. I had a hardware failure where a drive wasn't recording the data properly, but it recorded almost everything perfectly, just little teeny blips. And I had software programs that would run, so they weren't they yeah. wouldn't crash because they were fail. They would run, but they had little blips in the code somehow. They were missing a little they bit of corrupted. data to where weird results would happen. They were corrupted, and it took us a while to track that one down because everything else was working and it would run for hours fine, and then. Mm, have a problem and then run for hours or days uh, fine and then mm, have a problem and it took us a long time to get that one figured out and then we basically did an image restore and solved it that's tough those the intermittent problems are hard to catch number five is use a vpn when working outside of the office if you're on vacation or working while you're traveling um, while you're working at a coffee shop or public wi-fi that can put you at risk hackers can break into unsecured wi-fi set up false ones having you connect to them and being a man in the middle attack so you should use a VPN or virtual private network to keep your network safe from hackers while you go. And I'll also say this. Um, if you ever use remote desktop, you should never use remote desktop and have it open to the Internet where you're just logging into it remotely. You should always use a VPN first and then connect to it as a local resource on your network. It creates a little bit more overhead. I know it adds some complications and costs, but the payback is incredible. Absolutely. Number six is, is, and we all know this, data breaches are expensive. The cost of a data breach puts most small business companies that get hacked out of business within six months. These can range from hundreds of thousands to even millions of dollars, depending on the damage done. So invest in cybersecurity and don't play around and risk everything that you worked to build. It's one of the things, Jay, that in my opinion, people often want to try to skip. It's like backups. It's like, mm, it won't happen to me. To me, you got to understand this reality check. In IT, it's not if, but when. Yeah, absolutely. Number seven is having cyber insurance doesn't mean that you're covered if you get hacked. Um, if you're hacked, cyber insurance doesn't automatically cover you. Insurance agents will check to make sure that you've done everything in your power to prevent the attack. And if you haven't or they can prove otherwise, your claim can be denied. So read the fine print on your cyber insurance policies if you're going to have them and make sure that you're following all the requirements. Um that, you know, that's imperative insurances. We talked about insurances a little bit in a previous episode, but, you know, they, they do all they can to make sure they don't have to pay those claims. Um, it's They're not always on your side. And, and cyber insurance companies, the other thing a lot of cyber insurance companies now have done, whereas before they had kind of unlimited claims, they will limit it to a certain dollar amount. Like, hey, at $100,000, you're topped out, and that's the end of what we'll pay to to help with. 
Yeah, and learning how to customize your insurance policy to meet your real needs and then how to comply so that the insurance policy is uh, is in effect and operative. That's a whole science of IT in and of itself, believe it or not. And our, um, our chief security officer, CSO Newman for Network Providers, Inc., will be joining us in the next week or two to cover that with a licensed cyber insurance expert. So we'll get into the details of that uh, hmm. coming up on a, so- a soon-to-be-aired episode, Jay. Nice. Yep. So just be sure you read the fine print and you know what you're getting when you buy those policies. Um, and if you don't know, you got to find somebody who can help you navigate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, number eight, compliance doesn't mean that you're secure. Just because you're being compliant, you're fulfilling all the requirements that the government or some other company has issued to you. This doesn't mean that you're 100% secure. It just means that you've implemented the basics. So consult with a cybersecurity cybersecurity professional who can deal with your clients in that industry and make sure that you're not only compliant, but that you have proper security systems in place in place to meet for your organization in your unique situation. Yeah, most people think they know cybersecurity, then they find out they don't know the hard way. We don't want that to be you is the point, right? Right. Number nine is basic antivirus and firewalls are not enough. These are helpful but they're not enough to keep you secure. Hackers routinely finding ways to break through this software. So you're not implementing. So if you're not implementing other security measures, you could be at risk. Again, consult with a cybersecurity professional, find out what you need. It's often not as expensive as you might think, but it's way less than if you ever become a victim of a data breach. But look, you've got to count on an IT budget. You know, a lot of times they say an IT budget's four to 6% of revenue. Now, I think it could be done for less than that, but I'm just telling you, you've got to count on a budget for IT, even if you're a small company, Jay. That's right. Number 10 is you will be the one who will be held accountable if you're hacked. When it comes to data breaches, whether it's you're at fault or not, you'll be the one to catch the blame from your customers, employees, attorneys, the media, and more, and it will get ugly. And you, the only way to prevent this is to take a proactive approach to cybersecurity. And at the end of the day, you know, it's not a debate of who's responsible because at the end of the day, it's going to be whether you can blame it on somebody else or not. At the end of the day, it's going to be your profitability uh, as a business or your security of your private data um, or whatever your intellectual property and all that's at risk. So at the end of the day, you know, we can play the blame game, but it won't change the fact that you're in trouble. Uh, A lot of times people overlook number 10, but it's arguably one of the most important. I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you as a small business owner. You're on the hook for everything. You know that. I mean, you know it when you're filing taxes, when you're doing everything. Everybody's looking to you, your employees, the government, everybody is looking to you as the buck stops here. So you got to make sure that you got it covered. Now, if you don't think this is real, I'm just going to give you one headline to, to bring it all home, Jay, so to speak. Okay. Massive ransomware attack takes over 100 plus hospitals in Romania. Ouch. Takes them offline. Now you can say, well, that's Romania. That's not us. I know. But when you can take 100 hospitals down, this is real, Jay. Don't think that it's not. Yeah. That's that's not cool. You know, there's a, a lot of uh, cyber hackers, even these bad guys, have uh, even said, hey, we're not going to do this to hospitals and a few other uh, things like that. I'm surprised that they that this happened because uh, you've even seen a, a little bit of honor among thieves where they've just said, we're not going to do this for hospitals. So that's that's not cool, man. It's serious indeed, and it's something that you better take a look at. If they don't care about the hospital, you know, what do they care about? And the answer is not much except for the cash. The money. They can derive, right? All right, Reddit 
You ever been on that site? You ever? I have. You know, looked Everybody has. You have too. You just don't know you've it. Been on it, whether you know it or not, folks. Yeah, I was going to say you've been on it. If you, whether you know it or not, if you've ever done a Google search, you probably landed on a Reddit page, no doubt, because Reddit is uh, just a big forum, uh, and they've ended up somehow capturing all the traffic of discussions and and people having various discussions about everything, everything and anything that you could find under the sun is on uh, Reddit threads. Anyway, Reddit has agreed to a 600, sorry, a $60 million deal with Google that allows Google to train their AI models on its posts. Why? Because a lot of all of Reddit's posts in a lot of their content is all real world user generated stuff, both the questions, the replies, um, you know, you do get some spam there sometimes, but they're pretty good at filtering it out. And so there's a lot of um, authentic, would be a good way to say, of user data there. And it's a treasure trove for somebody like Google who's trying to build and train these large language models. Um, Reddit and Google have entered this deal. Google's going to be able to train their AI models on it, uh, on their posts. The partnership aims also to improve Google search using this, but also Google's search and Reddit search on their site. This is it's kind of a, a two-way partnership, and they're not just getting cash. They're going to get better search for people who are going on their site trying to search for, you know, an answer to their tech problem or whatever the issue is. Um, the deal addresses a broader issue of AI training and web context, and it's got some strategic efforts for content and engagement in, like I said, in both directions. So, kind of an interesting deal. If you're Reddit, man, sixty million dollars that never hurts the bottom line, does it, Sam? I should say not. I would love that kind of money. But I will say this, though. It's a little bit scary, too. Because remember, you know, everybody that puts stuff in to read it, it it's real personal information where people have written and thought stuff oh, up yeah. and everything. And how long will it be until uh, the bot learns, the AI bot learns to read it? And pretty soon the bot's like, hey, I'm better than you guys can contribute to read it. I'll just run read it for you. And now we don't have human contributors. We just have read it based on bot contributors and stuff. If you're not careful, that turnaround is going to happen too. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have put stuff into Reddit, like uh, emotional things. There's there's relationship categories. There's lots of personal information that people have, you know, knowingly or not, have put up online. And, um, that's right. And that's why it's such a treasure Naively trove, though. That's why. Online. Let's say that. Absolutely. Um, but it is a treasure trove for training data if you're trying to run a, a – a GPT or Gemini or Bard or any of these um, AI systems. This is this is what you need. You need um, the Library of Congress times a thousand to train these things. And it'll be a long time in coming. But mark my words, it's a coming. And mark my words, people are going to feel betrayed when it does. Uh, and all kind of things are going to happen. There's also a lot of pitfalls as these things get trained. Gemini has been being accused of being racist now. I don't. I don't mean to get into the political side of it. I'm just saying there's a lot of stumbles that can happen when you're talking about people and relationships. And the more personal it gets, the more emotional it gets, the harder it is for AI to to remain objective on one hand, but yet deliver the personal delivery that a human can. That's going to be the hardest part. For them, and I think it's going to take a long time to get to get real on that, Jay. Yeah, and I don't think anything's going to be perfect. Um, I, you know, looking at the Google, I did read that article about um, Gemini being accused to be racist. Um, you know, that's going to be everybody's opinion, right? That's just like if it doesn't that's, that's respond I mean. the it's, way it's I think it should, fast. then yeah, um, that you know, that's going to be. What is it and going to do? do? You train th- how do, you, how do you train these bots to have the right opinion is the, the point, right? Yeah, are you going to have to or fill out a form and say, right opinion. well, I am, you know, Hispanic or whatever, and I want my my responses to be 
Like I don't know. I, I think that um, sometimes people are expecting a little too much out of them, and sometimes people are reading a little too much into it, possibly. So even on Reddit, they're reading too much into it. <laughs> just yeah, well. kidding. Look, folks, I'm just telling you right now that there's a lot of sticky things in tech, and and a, the goal isn't for you to listen to Sam and say he's right or Jay he's right or NBA. The goal is to say, look, we have to have these discussions and let these discussions from real people put together guardrails and parameters for success going forward. Tech's not good or bad, remember. It's how we use it and in whose hands it's in uh, on, on those things. And so we just need to always be cognizant of that and make sure that the conversation leads tech, not tech leads the conversation. Let tech serve you, not on you. Our goal always is to keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. Check out mpitechguys.com and networkprovidersinc.com for more. Thanks so much to all of you. Make it a great tech day, will you? Hey, thanks. Thanks.